Right, so we're going to begin with your early life, uh, because you were born in 1941 in Wales. This is a picture of the hotel that your parents ran. You grew up in this tiny village, in this tiny island off the coast of Wales, and you went to a convent, is that right? Is that so shocking? Well, <laughs> well uh, I suppose, I, I think it is a bit shocking to have, a, to, to have the, the um, style director of, of Vogue being brought up by groovy nuns who apparently roller skated in their habits. Well, you know, they are human beings too. <laughs> and they, yeah, they, had, they had a great sense of humour. Some of them I got to know really well and I really liked and they were brilliant roller skaters, yeah. Much better than me, you know. But what did they make of you? If we could have the next photograph, you were clearly incredibly glamorous even then. Look at you. You're sort of a you're a glamorous aged 12. Well, they, <laughs> they, they didn't see this side of me because, um, you know, we wore a uniform. It was a very drab sort of grey and blue, day in and day out. So they didn't see this side of me when I was a bit more dressed up. This is at home. But the, so... so what was it? What drew, what drew the, the Welsh girl from Anglesey to, to London? What made you suddenly decide you were going to up sticks and go so far away from home? Um, well, there was very little to do on that island. I mean, it was enchanting and a wonderful, wonderful childhood that um, I feel very lucky to have had because I had to make do and, uh, you know, I worry these days that kids just look at computers all day and... Certainly there was nothing like that, really because it was so far away, so there was really nothing, so you had to use your imagination. And, um, but how did you get to London? I mean, did someone... Well, oh, by train. You? You, just, <laughs> you just bought a ticket. By steam so. train, actually. Steam train. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know, I, they thought I was tall. I'm very small now because I kind of shrunk over the years, but... Somehow in those days I was quite a lot taller and so tall to the Welsh people meant that you could be a model or something. Um, so I thought, oh, well, that sounds like a good job. And I get to this point and I'm always embarrassed because I say I used to read Vogue and I, I guess it always sounds like an ad for Vogue, but it is actually true. That's what I used to read. And I thought that was kind of a wonderful kind of thing to be part of. So... You know, I looked at the pages and I thought, well, boy, if I could go there or see this or be with those people, um, sounds like a good life to me. So um, I cut out a little coupon and um, applied to do a, a modelling course and uh, jumped on the train with a school friend and I took a little room in Notting Hill Gate, which was a very rough area in those days. There was all there. Notting Hill riots and things, and um, and then to make a bit of money because my parents, although they had this hotel, it was really only open a month a year, so they didn't make too much money. Um, and uh, is it true you won a competition to get to Vogue? I mean, um, yeah, I did. I you know I worked in a coffee bar to make money, and then somebody in the coffee bar sent my picture. Which Let's have the next one. It's the next one. Yeah. This gorgeous picture, <laughs> um, which I, they did at the modelling school. It was, you know, your 25 guineas bought you a picture as well as how to put your makeup on and do your hair. And um, so off I went, um, and I, they mailed this thing in, and then uh, 
I had to go to a big tea party and I got chosen as first a finalist and then finally as one of the win winners of the young section because I was um, pretty young in those days. And I was then like they had you representing was it the Chelsea set, is that right? Well, <laughs> um, in the pictures, yeah. I think Can you we see some pictures. of them? They're fantastic. Um, oh, look, I mean, you know. Well, no, this was my first, um, this was when I won the, the Vogue model competition and uh, it's with Norman Parkinson, who's such a wonderful photographer and he was really my mentor. Um, through my life for such a long time, both as a model and later on as a fashion editor, and I couldn't help for um, a better teacher. He was an extraordinary man. Well, you look so aristocratic there. Let's have a look at the next one. Well, the models were very aristocratic well, in those days. This was a very early shoot. I can't Ooh. remember the date, but it's um, very early 60s. This is the Chelsea set that they brought in all these kids off the King's Road when the King's Road was really buzzing and something worth visiting. Um. <laughs> Not anymore, clearly. Not any, well, I don't know. I, I don't go there very often. I went a few months ago, and um, it's changed a bit. And then you went for a radically new look with Vidal Sassoon. How did that come about? Um, well, this is after I won the competition and I started working quite regularly and in those days it was just done in such a different way. Modeling was done in a different way. So um, basically you went to the hairdresser once a week um, and I went to various hairdressers and I ended up, they were all terrible, um, and I ended up at Vidal Sassoon when he was just starting and he thought I had really gorgeous hair. Um, <laughs> And it's, the, it's my best quality, actually. Um, and he, I did several cuts with him. I became his model. I did um, fashion shows with him and things. Um, not fashion one. shows, hair shows. But um, And he created the, the one before is the five-point cut, which is kind of his famous haircut. But then your life changed direction. As you got into your late 20s, you decided to move away from modeling and get into styling, basically going from in front of the camera to behind. Well, I, I think people decided for me, you know, <laughs> um, because, you know, you get to a certain point. I mean, nowadays with digital and everything, it's very much easier. You can carry on till, I don't know, actually, I've just done a couple of covers now. Um, uh, they'll be coming out soon. Uh, <laughs> But in those days, when you got to be 26, 27, you were finished, you know, because the retouching wasn't quite as sophisticated as it is now. <laughs> so, you know, happy for those girls that, you know, all those supermodels, that they're all coming back, and it's amazing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we have the... the and we're crying out for them. I was bored with them, but now I'm crying out for so them. So this is, this is Grace with her first sitter. This is... <laughs> yeah, Prince Charles. <laughs> but that was um, that was with Norman Parkinson, and uh, I he asked me to come along because he was asked to do Prince Charles's investiture, his official portrait for his investiture as Prince of Wales, and I thought that would be really fun. And then when I got there, I was so nervous. I kind of knocked over a chair when I was trying to curtsy, and um, and also you know Parks had asked me to make him up because he renownedly has quite a flushed face particularly uh, because he plays a lot of sport and he plays polo and sure enough he arrived in with that 
whole get-up on and um, with a bright red face. <laughs> and so I had to go to work with, you know, powdering it down. Well, it looks great. Um, and then you My married... mother loves this, this one. <laughs> and then you married Michael Chow of the restaurant Mr. Chow. There's the, there's the photograph. He's standing on a box. He was obviously not very tall. Uh, yeah, well, I was tall still. I was <laughs> actually I just finished modelling at this point, and it's when I first went to work at British Vogue. But I was still tall, um, and he's a little bit shorter. Yeah, so I don't think you were supposed to see the box, but uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be a headshot. It, they shot it for Vogue, and you know I kind of I'm renowned for always uh, in my pictures I do these days. I always like to see the feet because I think it tells a story, and I think this particularly tells a story, so <laughs> I think he's going to be really upset when he reads the book. Not when he reads it, when he looks at this picture. <laughs> but you're very funny about working at British Vogue. You describe it like a, um, a mad boarding school. Um, yeah, was I mean? Was I a bit mean? I, no, very I don't funny. know. I mean, you know, I, I cleaned it up a bit later on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were marvellous people. They're incredible women that worked there with me and taught me everything. And my editor-in-chief there, Beatrix Miller, I totally adore. And she just let me have my head and she let me um, develop the style that I have. You know, she just, she just let you run with everything you did. She never held you back. And, you know, people don't get that chance anymore, but it, it, was, it was a really wonderful, 19 years I spent, so... But you tell a story of uh, when Anna Winter arrived at British Vogue and discovered that the place had gone practically feral and that when Calvin Klein called to say he wanted to put in 25 ad pages, you couldn't get the business manager to take the phone call because he wanted to go out for Yeah, lunch. he was on his way out for lunch, you know, <laughs> but... Uh, I hate to say it, it's a very English thing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, lunch is very important and it's about three hours. And I knew he'd be probably four hours and by which time, you know, I don't know, we would have lost the space. So I was pretty annoyed because, you know, it's not, you don't normally get 25 pictures in Vogue um, or from one client. So I, th I could not believe that the guy was going for lunch. But... He did go for lunch, so what can I... <laughs> and we still got the pages. And you became very, um, very almost experimental. If we can go to the, the Helmut Newton swimming pool. Uh, there we are. Oh. Now, this is where life and art and celebrities start to seem to mix together. There's you on the end. Who else is there? Well, this is a David Bailey shoot, actually. That, that, and this was a picture we took along on the side, because I... Well, sometimes I'm in my pictures, but not always. Um, and um, that's me sitting on Helmut Newton's lap, and I'm sitting next to Manolo Blahnik, and um, the model girl is Angelica Houston. Um, gorgeous. She was so much fun. And that's David Bailey on the end. Um, we were all much younger in those days, and, and it was fun. And Newton, you said, always demanded that your, your assistants wear sexy heels. Or was that you wanted them to wear sexy now, heels? No, I wanted to Let's put... Let's go to the next photo. Um, I wanted to put um, Helmut in a, in, a, in a good mood, and he liked sexy girls. So, you know, both I and my assistants and anybody that was around that I was responsible for, I said, you, you know, it's Helmut Newton girls. Just get it together and, you know... <laughs> 
plunge your neckline, wear black, mini skirt, and very high heels. So, but I went a step further and I wore a bikini, and um, I was kind of lounging around while we were waiting to do the picture. And he just suddenly was inspired and said, "These these clothes are so bloody terrible that I think." Um, you know, let's liven them up. We'll put you in the pictures. So it was a series of pictures that I... There's another one, I think, that, that, that is... Yeah, that's they're that. really good. <laughs> um, it was his... He, you know, like Picasso had his blue period. Um, Helmut had his swimming pool period. And so he <laughs> used to do all his pictures at the swimming pool. But um, I kind of like the juxtaposition of... And then when you moved to... Me. To, to, <laughs> and then and the you, others. In, when you moved with Anna to US Vogue, then there's a whole new period. Let's go on to the next photograph. And, uh, and now, now we're getting deeply, as it were, almost surreal. Let's go on to the next one. Well, this is, um, this is a story uh, based on Alice in Wonderland, which, you know, I've always thought was a magical story. And... Um, and I'd been at Vogue quite some time before I got to do something so complicated and so gorgeous and, and also so expensive. Um, well, you have everyone there. You had Gautier, you have... Yeah, it was Anna's idea that we would... Uh, it was my idea to do Alice in Wonderland. And it was her idea to cast all the designers um, as characters uh, in Alice in Wonderland. And we had so much time... It's a fun casting it. Annie Leibovitz did the photographs, and it's probably, well, it certainly is in my top three series of pictures I've ever worked on because there's so much that went into it, and just everything worked out so well. This is John Galliano in the good days, you know. Um, Let's go on to the next one. There's and this is uh, Nicholas Gasquier when he was. He works for Balenciaga. Well, he did until a couple of days ago. Another sad story. But um, he was just starting there, and so we had him stepping into the Alice through the looking glass. So that was sort of setting us up for the next series of pictures, which actually we never did. But my, one of my favourites is coming up next. This is... Uh, right, so there's a whole story here. Um, so this this is when you paired Puff Daddy with Kate Moss, and you say in the book wasn't my was, idea. <laughs> you say in the book I hated Puff was, Daddy, oh, P drunk. Diddy or whatever he's called now. I don't know. I can't keep up with him. So according to the book, um, Kate Moss was drunk during the shoot. Oh God, I don't know if I can say that, but oh. you know she drinks a little bit, and um, it just grabbing her and getting her in place and getting him in place was it was quite hard, I must say. Um, it, it all went completely haywire, and I threatened to leave in the middle because I, I just couldn't find anybody because not this picture, but another picture in the series, we shot at a Puff Daddy party that was thrown. Anna Winter and P. Diddy invite you to a party. And I thought that was a great idea, and we could do reportage pictures. It was the worst idea. That was the worst idea because well, hang on then. we Don't... lost everyone. Well, <laughs> we're gonna, because we have to close up now, we're down to our last 30 seconds, I want to go on to the next one because this, according to you, the next range of pictures as we scroll through, uh, you say, sums up your, your philosophy, which is that you don't want to be perceived as specifically modern. It's something much more subtle than that. Can you sum it up for, for us to the audience? I think that, um, you know, even if it's very modern, which 
tends to say cold. I always like there to be a little bit of romance in it. And these pictures were done by David Sims, who's English. And I, I call him a young photographer. He's not that young, but he's young compared with others. And I think they have, they're extremely modern, but I think they also have that quality that I think runs through all my pictures, which is there's always a kind of romance and kind of mystery and, and you know. So I, I, love, I love these. Well, this is in Jamaica, actually. Um, they were all his pictures as you flick through. That, uh, um, the, it has that great combination of modern and romance, no matter what, you know. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.